0: From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business.
1: Welcome to Leadership Development News. Profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Doctors Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler.
2: Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and we have Dr. Kathy Greenberg as my co-host on the show, and we are your Leadership Development Coaches. We have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today, we're very excited to have Christy Hefner, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Playboy Enterprises. As Chairman and CEO of Playboy Enterprises since 1988, Christy Hefner has overseen the global expansion of Playboy's legendary brand to a wide array of new platforms and markets, transforming a publishing-based business into a multi-pronged media and lifestyle company. We are delighted to have Christy with us today as she celebrates her 20th anniversary as CEO of Playboy Enterprises. And you know, Kathy and I always try to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And let me bring on my co-host, Kathy.
3: Thanks, Relly. We are so excited today to have someone like Christy Hefner on our program who's a legendary leader. And as you know, in each and every one of our shows, we try to help all of you become legendary leaders by learning how to develop more leaders in your organization, what happy companies know about performance, emotional intelligence, and positive psychology strategies. We talk about brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance. We talk about work-life balance, gender and generation differences that affect success, strategies for managing your boss, and self-management tools to be your best, plus many more tools and tips. Today's guest is Christy Hefner, as we said, so we're gonna let Christy say hello. Are you out there, Christy? I am, Kathy. Nice oh, to thanks. be with you. Thank you so much for being with us today. And before we bring her on, Relly, can you talk to us a little bit about what we do here on Leadership Development right. Regarding the science-based uh, practices in leadership?
2: And we like to bring you the evidence-based uh, leadership. So some of the things, why we talk about leaders so much, and Chrissy can help inform us about her experience, but leaders have anywhere from 50 to 70 percent influence over the climate of their team. We also know that emotions are contagious and that the leaders are the emotional thermostat for their team. So if they are cued in and they're clear and they're focused, so is their team. If they're upset, irritable, and short, so is their team. And we know the key to being a star performer is someone performing in the top 10%. And typically it's the skills of emotional intelligence. The further you mo- move up in the organization, the more you You need emotional intelligence. And leaders in the top 10% produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th to the 89th percentile. And we know that you can increase profit in your organization by creating coaching networks. Both Kathy and I are certified coaches. And studies show that happiness is tied to profit by more than 93%. The way to do that is to come up with some of these micro initiatives that create macro impact so hopefully today we'll get a couple tips that you can put into your leadership and for more information about uh, dr kathy greenberg her website is www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books tools speaking keynotes leadership and coaching services and for more information about me Uh, My website is www.TrueNorthLeadership for emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching boot camps. And Kathy, you want to tell us about Crispy?
3: I would love to. I was fortunate enough to meet Christy um, a few years ago when I was writing my last book called What Happy Women Know and as a member of uh, the board, uh, the company where we were doing some focus groups, Christy was kind enough to help us with an interview. Today, as we said, we are very, very happy to host Christy Hefner, the CEO of Playboy Enterprises. Christy joined Playboy in 1975, and she's worked in a variety of the Playboy businesses, even before being named president in 1982. Since taking over the reins as chief executive, Christy has restructured operations and led Playboy's highly successful international expansion, extending its magazine franchise overseas to over 25 foreign editions. In 1983, Christie seized the really important opportunity to extend the brand by creating Playboy TV, making Playboy the very first print publication to launch a successful TV network. And in 1994, Ms. Hefner led the the magazine industry into the new digital age with Playboy.com, which is the first ever website launched by a national magazine. Acknowledging her pioneering efforts Multi-channel news has honored her as a Wonder Woman for her major accomplishments within the cable, broadband, and telecommunications industries. The media industry inducted her into its Digital Hall of Fame in 2005. Christie has greatly expanded Playboy's licensing operations, which now make up the company's fastest-growing, highest-margin business. Last year alone, Playboy products generated over 800 million in global retail sales, and the company continues to add new product categories and increase distribution through concept stores. Last fall, Christie oversaw the launch of the company's first European Playboy concept boutique, a five-story flagship store in London's world-famous Oxford Street. Earlier this year, she announced a new licensing partnership with the world's largest franchise company, Cody, Inc., to develop a new global men's franchise line under the Playboy brand name. And in 2006, Christy extended the brand to a new location-based entertainment venue with the Playboy Club at the Palms Casino Resorts in Las Vegas. In addition to directing Playboy Enterprises operations, Christy is active in a number of local and national organizations, the Young Presidents Organization. She also helped to found the Committee of 200. And by the way, she was the first woman elected to the Chicago chapter of the Young Presidents Organization. She was an early supporter of Senator Barack Obama and has been involved in a number of efforts to elect progressive candidates. She has twice served as a delegate to the Democratic National Convention. She serves on the advisory board of the American Civil Liberties. And in 2000, the Anti-Defamation League presented Christie with the inaugural champion of Freedom Award for her commitment to diversity and inclusiveness. I could go on and on. But I want to bring Christy on so that we can have a conversation with her and learn about her and all of her achievements and awards as we are here together on the radio. So, Christy, um, welcome to the show, and thank you for being here.
4: It's my pleasure.
2: Well, thank you, uh, Christy. We want to pick your brain on a, on a number of items that will help our listeners. And typically what we like to do is first find out a more on a personal level, who are some of the key people who have influenced you as a leader?
4: Well, I don't know that I have any, you know, strong role models in that regard. I've been fortunate in uh, having the chance to interact through uh, groups that I helped form like the Committee of 200 and like the Chicago Network with a variety of very talented uh, women leaders over my years in business. And early on, I think I was very fortunate in that I have a terrific mother, and I had a terrific grandmother uh, on my father's Mm -hmm. side who lived to be 101. So I had a very um, nurturing upbringing that gave me a great deal of confidence to kind of pursue whatever my dreams were. And then early on, had the chance through networking that I did to be connected with a lot of very talented women
3: christy this year is a a very important year for you and for playboy because you're celebrating your 20th anniversary as the ceo of playboy how has the perception of women business leaders changed over the last two decades since you've become a leader
4: Well, I think it's changed significantly, in part because of the change in the number of visible women leaders. So it wasn't that long ago that you might hear a male CEO say, you know, quite sincerely that we quote-unquote tried a woman in that position and it didn't work, you know, as if, you know, more than half the population were all the same. Uh, and it wasn't that long ago that I think women were feeling that the only way to be successful was not just to, you know, learn from men, but really to almost uh, emulate everything men did. So we went through that period where women dressed like men in the workplace and were, I think, very hesitant to exhibit styles of management or leadership that were different than the typical male styles of leadership. And I actually think the big change in that regard may have come less from the critical mass of women in leadership positions and more from the early impact of globalization as uh, scholars about management started to study what became known as the Japanese style of management, which was more collaborative and less command and control, but of course was also often the style that um, women would incorporate in their leadership. So I think it's been a journey over the last generation, to the point where, you know, recently a high-profile woman like Carly Fiorino could lose her job over what seems to me were clearly issues of performance and trust, and no one looked at it as an issue
3: of uh, gender or sexism. No, I I agree with you totally. On that question, and given uh, what you've been doing to help women be successful, can you talk a little bit about your being a founding partner of the Directors' Council, which uh, is indeed dedicated to meeting the increasing needs of public boards for independent directors by increasing the diversity of their boards, including women.
4: Yes. um, The original idea for that came from a fabulous woman named Jane Evans, who I met when I helped start the Committee of 200. And she was about 10 years older than I am and tragically died way too young from a virus she picked up on a WPO, YPO trip to Latin America with her husband. But she was one of the really early pioneers in breaking the glass ceiling, having run large uh, businesses and served on public boards. And she was at a point in her career where she was really looking for a chance to give back and recognized that the impact of Sarbanes-Oxley and the requirement for a majority of independent directors on public boards, which was coinciding with increasing numbers of companies setting a uh, retirement age for their directors and um, boards being more apt to limit the number of boards that their own CEO sat on, created a dynamic where there might be a chance to use the growing need for uh, independent directors as compared to the shrinking pool that was the traditional pool, which was seated CEOs, to increase the diversity of, of public boards, particularly in terms of people of color and women. So. We formed this partnership, and six of us who had all served on a number of public boards ourselves and also run companies, so we had that unique combination of perspective of what it's like to recruit for your own board as well as what it's like to serve on somebody else's board uh, to set up the Director's Council to start to work with companies and encourage them to recognize the deep pool of women who might be in the c suite CFOs, CIOs, CMOs might run divisions of larger companies, uh, might run smaller
3: companies, uh, but who could be outstanding directors. Well, we're going to come right back to Leadership Development News after this break, and we're talking to Christy Hefner. So come right back.
0: The bottom line in business, Voice America Business.
5: we no-
6: Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, <laughs> said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadilocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried right, the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors, cried the second. I'll be there the bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreddylocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not hog not
2: This public service message brought to you by the US Department of Energy and the Ad Council.
5: Homeowners, Homeowners. real estate investors, Investors. bankers. Bankers. Listen up and tune in to Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight, the show that breaks it all down and gives it to you straight. Are you at risk of foreclosure? Interested in buying a foreclosed property? Mark Bull has the answers to the questions you might forget to ask. Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight broadcasts live on the Voice America Business Channel Monday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific. You can't afford not to tune in.
0: The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business.
1: listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Doctors Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790.
2: Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg, and we're really delighted to to have Christy Hefner here, CEO of Playboy Enterprises. And uh, Christy, I wanted to go to our next question. Given that Playboy Enterprises was founded on a magazine targeted to men, what has been some of your greatest challenges as a female executive?
4: Well, I actually feel it was all an advantage to have been a woman when I first took over. Um, I think partly because The company was founded on a very liberal perspective with regard to society and values and its own organizing principles. So there was quite a diverse workforce when I came into the company in the mid-'70s that I think was a reflection of my father's own values and actually goes back to his mother's values. Um, I remember that I was told the story when... I was uh, not yet born, and my father was working for a company in Chicago in the personnel department. My mom was pregnant with me, and my father got a promotion that involved being involved in recruiting people to this company, and his boss, after some training, said, oh, and by the way, Hugh, let me give you a tip. Don't bother spending much time with people who have Jewish or foreign-sounding last names because we don't want those kind and my father quit. And that kind of sense of you judge people by what they can contribute, not by, you know, what their religion is, what their gender is, what their sexual preference is, what their country of origin is, what their age is, was really a part of the culture at Playboy. But as a woman, running the company. I think I was able to leverage that to start to attract more talented women to the company, and it gave us a chance to kind of draw on, you know, the whole pool of um, potential executives. And then I also think there was just curiosity about a woman running Playboy, and I leveraged that curiosity to get meetings and to um, get entree to people who could be partners or could be helpful to the company.
3: Christy, I I know in... um 2003, very recently, you received um, a a terrific award, the Chicago's Family Business Council Leadership Award, for your personal vision and determination and courage uh, in in diversifying and refocusing um, Playboy and and making it uh, a more diverse, uh, female-friendly organization. Under your leadership, it seems that Playboy has become known as a female-friendly company, and I guess, what, 40% of your current employees are women? Actually, you... more than 50% are women. 40% 50. of our executives are women. Okay. Good good clarification. Thank you. Did you intentionally set out to hire women, and if so, why? Um, I didn't. What I intentionally
4: set out to do was to hire talented people and to build a diverse workforce because I think that people with varied viewpoints and experiences sitting around a table, uh, you know, demonstrably come up with better ideas and uh, analysis than a group of people who all have the same life experiences and the same perspective. So I think that starting with that philosophy of looking for the best people and looking to build a diverse workforce has, you know, allowed us to create An environment where talented women kind of seek us out because they know they're not going to be the only woman sitting around the executive table when big decisions are made and I'm all for encouraging women to be that first woman or else we won't ever integrate companies or organizations but it is admittedly harder to be that first woman or that first person of color or that first person who's openly gay or that first anything that's different than the main and i think for a lot of people it's more comfortable if uh, there's already some diversity there and we benefited from that
2: well thanks christy um it does sound like you're really leveraging the you know the differences as strengths strength for yourself and your own career uh, and then for the folks that come into playboy and we know playboy is an international company with partnerships around the globe so, how do you respond to the cultural differences in perception of women in leadership roles?
4: Well, it's definitely different, and particularly in Asia. I mean, over the years that I've been in business, um, there's been some progress. But I really think one of the competitive advantages that America has in an increasingly global marketplace is its uh, more forward-thinking embracing of women's talents and the you know, diversity of talent, both in terms of ethnic diversity through immigration and then in terms of you know, the impact of the women's movement. I can remember my first business trip in 1976 to Japan, and we were already doing quite a variety of business there. We had a magazine, we had some consumer products, we had clubs. So, I was meeting with companies and executives in a range of industries, and i didn 't meet a single woman the entire time I was there, with the exception of the woman who was my translator now today, if you go to japan it 's still by no means not as um, open to women achieving you know parity uh, in the workforce as America is open to that which isn't the same thing as saying we've reached parity but I think we're much more open but it's definitely improved as to the approach we took you know we took the approach from the beginning that we were going to do what we were going to do. So, you know, uh, for many years I had uh, a woman I- in charge of international product licensing, and then I had a woman in charge of our global licensing, and I never thought twice about sending either of them around the world. But I will also say that in terms of the countries where we've built the biggest business, um, I don't think it's an accident that the countries that uh, Uh, are places where women have limited rights, are also the countries that are uh, most uh, uptight about uh, sexuality. And those countries, therefore, are not the countries that we've developed as big uh, of a business opportunity.
3: Christy, as you're talking, I, I can't help but um, have very fond memories of conversations I've had with several women that have worked for Playboy who you have helped support um, getting their MBAs and, and their senior level degrees you know, out of high school. Um, it seems like you do a lot to help these women and that you help their perception cross-culturally as well. So, you know, I know that we know that there are differences in in styles, and not everybody is going to fit everybody else's leadership or management um, kind of view and, and how they should lead or what they do, even though you're contributing to a consistency in their ability to be leaders. So, do you, do you really think that men and women have different management styles? And, and if they do, do you see that as something that's an advantage?
4: I think that the diversity of style among women is as great as any difference that you could identify between men and women. And I think that the most successful leaders are leaders who can draw on a variety of styles of leadership and management depending on the person and the circumstances and the time. So while, as I alluded to, one can certainly say, well, there are traditional male styles of leadership that are more autocratic, and there are traditional or or, um, generalized styles of female leadership that are more nurturing. Um, In truth, I think that there are times when it's important to be autocratic. There are times when it's important to be nurturing. There are times when it's important to be tough. There are times when it's important to be collaborative, and that successful leaders can sense when those times are and are able to listen and respond and lead based on those circumstances.
3: Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, we're writing our new book, um, What Happy Working Mothers Know, and we now have even um, a more broad style of management, which includes the difference between women who are working mothers and women who are working leaders, because they, too, show a different style. So we'll see how that plays out um, as well. Uh, Just one more question on that subject, and uh, it's related to something you said. You, You said men and women, you know, have the capacity to be Um, great leaders and obviously use different styles when it's necessary is is there a particular style that you might use uh, when you are leading that helps you be successful that you can share with our listeners and i'm going to ask you that question as we go to break so you'll have a minute to think about it but this is leadership development news and our guest today is christy Hefner. so come right back
0: Bottom line in business, Voice America Business.
1: Before every word, there is a thought. Before every action, there is a thought. If everything starts with a leader, what happens when leaders around the world start to think and do things differently? I'm thinking the world will change. Evolve the leader. Evolve the company. Change the world. Join Susan Kavanaugh for Summit Speed. All Leaders Rise, Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel.
6: Adding fractions is nothing. For real? Look, these are denominators. You multiply this one so that it's the same as that, and you add them up. Man, that's easy. Charles Bennett dreamed of returning to the old neighborhood as a teacher. But without money
2: for college, only half of his dream came true. He's back in the old neighborhood. Well,
6: enough math. I got to deliver these sandwiches. Please support the United Negro College Fund. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A message from the UNCF and the Ad Council.
0: The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business.
1: Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Doctors Kathy Greenberg and Riley Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll free at one 472 That number again is one 472 Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome
2: back to Leadership Development News. And we're talking with Christy Effner, uh, CEO of Playboy Enterprises. We were just talking about the diversity of leadership styles. And Kathy uh, asked Christy about which which style do you use uh, the most. Is there one that of the different styles that sometimes we talk about situational leadership that you found uh, comfortable or uh, helpful for you?
4: Well, I do think that the circumstances and the people that you're you know, working within any individual circumstance are the key to what style. But I would say in general, um, I am a more collaborative leader. I think I make better decisions if I'm getting input from uh, a variety of people, and I encourage uh, my people to do the same. So if somebody comes to me with a problem or an idea, uh, I'm likely to ask first, you know, Whether they talked about it with other people in the company who might have an interesting perspective on it. Um, I think that as much as anything, one has to lead by example in all things. So, um, for example, we try to have a a culture that's very respectful of individuals and pretty egalitarian. So, you know, we would be the kind of company that would, um, as a real world example, when we moved into this office, building we're in in Chicago, we were offered a limited number of free parking spaces in the building for executives, and rather than taking that, I took the equivalent money, amortized it against the number of parking spaces we could get in the building for everybody, and we did a lottery for the parking spaces. So you kind of have to, you know, walk the walk (laughs) on what are your cultural values, and then how do those get communicated. Um, I think a lot of leadership is about motivating people and a lot of motivation comes from whether people trust you and, you know, trust whether it's in a friendship or a marriage or in the workplace, you know, is something that you earn. Uh, and part of that is uh, demonstrating that you, 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 know, you care about uh, people and even when you have to or maybe even particularly when you have to make difficult decisions, for example, if people are losing their jobs, how respectful you are about how you treat them and how openly you communicate with the organization about why you're doing what you're doing and what you're doing you know, can set the tone for how people are going to behave going forward.
2: Well, I think that's uh, really important, just kind of what you're saying and how you you individualize your leaders, uh, your leadership for the people that you have. And we wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, this historic time that we have now and how do you think uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign for the White House affects uh, Americans' vision of women in leadership roles?
4: Um, Well, I think it had a profound effect. Um, I started supporting women candidates, you know, mostly for the House and Senate, um, you know, in the 70s, and then also um, women gubernatorial candidates, and was one of the founders of Emily's List, which is a a bundling pack that raises money for pro-choice Democratic women. And I candidly felt that the country would not be ready to elect a woman president until they had seen a woman in the White House as vice president, mm. and that especially in a post-9-11 world where the <clears throat> aspect of, pres- of the presidency that is the commander-in-chief role was one where um, Americans were going to have to get comfortable with that. And I actually also thought that it would uh, be sooner that we would elect someone of color than we would elect a woman as president. But having said that, I actually think that um, for all of the examples of sexism in um, some of the media coverage of Senator Clinton's campaign, I think the upshot of it is that she's simply taken off the table the um, barrier that a woman would not be capable of playing the commander-in-chief or the, you know, um, sort of tough side of the presidency in a way that women governors uh, were challenged for a long time in proving that they were tough enough on law and order. So I actually think it's had a profound impact and no longer believe, actually, that it will be a requirement to have a woman as vice president before the country's prepared Mm -hmm. to elect a woman as president.
3: You know, Christy, as you're talking, I can't help but think of all the women that have probably inspired you. And uh, I know that that you received, um, actually, you're the first woman to receive the Executive Leadership Award from the National Society of Fundraising Executives. So there have obviously been many, many people who have inspired you to help them um, be leaders in the community that they want to serve and get behind their mission. But can you talk a little bit about maybe which women leaders, current or historic, most inspire you?
4: Um, certainly. One of the women that early on I just looked up to and was very fortunate to have as kind of a friend even before I became um, president of Playboy was Catherine Graham. And uh, I think we met originally at some seminar and she was so gracious and willing to, you know, kind of be an advisor to me from the very beginning and I had early on been a great admirer of what she was able to accomplish particularly in light of the fact that she was not someone who as she so eloquently wrote about in her own autobiography, had expected to run the Washington Post Company and and as you probably know and as I'm sure many of your listeners know, you know, she had to take over at a time of great personal tragedy when her husband took his life and stepped into uh, that role. And then over the years that she ran the company, including critical uh, times, not just for her own company, but frankly for the press... Uh, For example, during the time of uh, the Pentagon Papers and Watergate, you know, just showed remarkable leadership and courage. And then also the ability to uh, train, you know, kind of the next generation. And her son, you know, took over and also did an outstanding job and, and, uh, you know, has trained the next generation. So she would be very high on my list of uh, women that I admired and, and looked up to.
2: And it sounds like you were able to interface with her earlier in your career and, and um, have that as a, as a role model for you.
4: Yes, very much so. And then another woman who actually uh, I was fortunate enough uh, to meet when the Committee of 200 was being founded, and then we became close personal friends, uh, is Sherry Lansing. And Sherry also was a real uh, early uh, glass ceiling breaker, having been the first woman to, you know, head a major studio. Um, But I think that as much as her, you know, professional accomplishments, uh, what I, you know, learned to admire and really love in Sherry is that she, in a very tough, you know kind of backbiting industry was able to wield power and yet be universally uh, not just respected but really liked and i think that that's you know kind of an inspiration for anybody who thinks that, you know, you have to choose sort of between being feared and, and, you know, uh, admired and liked. And I've also long admired, and now it's the focus of her professional activities, her commitment to giving back. Uh, And now she has her own foundation and she's doing a variety of very interesting and effective things. And I think particularly for the baby boomer generation who are likely to not work full time you know, as many years as the previous generations and at the same time are likely to have a longer life expectancy, this idea of finding the right way to make a difference uh, in addition to having satisfying, you know, professional
3: careers is, I think, going to be one of the key challenges. You know, as you're talking, Christy, I can't help but think you are a wife. Um, you're a mother. Um, You talk a lot about family and family values. You've just talked about women who had strong um, personalities as both leaders in their communities and in their organizations. Do you mind if I ask you, what is the biggest challenge that you personally face uh, in trying to balance uh, your massive responsibilities as CEO with your life outside the workplace? And, And before you answer that, We're going to come right back. So I'm going to give you a minute to think about that. This is Leadership Development News, and our guest today is Christy
0: Hefner. Come right back. The Bottom Line in Business. Voice America Business.
6: sing that bedtime song. rock a baby, by
2: Newton's treetop. His first law of motion Make sure you won't stop. The same rules of physics apply to a ball, while gravity
6: is a force that makes things fall. By the
4: sixth grade, many girls lose interest in math and science, but it's never too early to set your daughter's future in motion. For some simple ideas, go to
3: girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council.
0: The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business.
1: Listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers, with your hosts, Doctors Kathy Greenberg and Riley Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Christy Hefner, CEO of Playboy Enterprises. And before the break, Christy, Kathy asked you on a, on a personal level, uh, being a wife, mother, CEO, uh, what's kind of the biggest challenges that you deal with?
4: Well, I should start by saying that I think the fact that my husband and I got married you know, later in life and don't have children Um, removes what I think is one of the biggest balancing challenges for women. Now, I have seen many women quite successfully balance, not only being, you know, wife and professional, but also being a mother. But I'm acutely aware of the fact that not having to have that additional role um, makes a big difference. And I think particularly what it allows me to do is to have more time to... Um, spend with and be nurtured by and um, kind of cultivate my uh, friendships, which is, for me, a great joy. But in terms of the greatest challenge, I suppose it probably would be mentally getting away. You know, it would be um, the, you know, the challenge to be able to sort of close the, you know, proverbial door where whatever your, you know, particular challenges in business or or whatever you're working on are so that you can sort of be in the moment of the time when you are, um, you know, in your downtime, whether you're on a vacation. I just came back last weekend from a trip I take every summer with the women who are bridesmaids in our wedding, and we call it the bridesmaids trip, and the six of us rent a house for a long weekend somewhere and, you know, it's one of the things I look forward to all year long. It's a great joy. And the key, you know, in terms of the challenge is to make sure that I'm really, really enjoying being there as opposed to sort of with half of my mind mm-hmm. thinking about what I'm going to do when I get back or what I've been working on uh, before I left.
2: You know, one of the things that both Kathy and I are interested in is, is the brain science, and so, so what you're talking about is kind of that mindfulness of really being in the moment with the people that you're in, and sometimes really having to shut off all that other dialogue and really enjoy, enjoy the moment.
4: Very much, and in fact, uh, when Billy and I got married 13 years ago, um, uh, a dear friend, Gene Siskel, the renowned film critic who also tragically died too young, gave us maybe the best piece of advice we Mm -hmm. could have been given a couple days before the wedding, which was when he said, you know, the day of the wedding could go by so quickly that it'll all seem a blur. And if you can really work at trying to be in every moment and almost as if you were taking photos in your mind, you'll have that treasure in a way that's different than if, you know, you just sort of sweep through it. And when I gave my toast it was one of the things I said and I said that that advice I think is really about life because life goes by too fast and if you're not, you know, in every moment, you know, you've missed uh, what the joy of the journey is.
3: Christy, you um, alluded to the fact before that you got married late in life, that you don't have children, Uh, but I know you are very uh, family oriented and um, can you talk a little bit about um, the kinds of things you like to do with, with family, uh, you just talked about your bridesmaids. Um, what's a, a typical weekend for you and Billy so that you're capturing the moment not forgetting the important things in life?
4: Right. Well, um, my mother and uh, her husband also live in the Chicago area, so one of the things that is a great joy for me is uh, the chance to spend time with them and I'm um, very fortunate in that um, for all the mother-in-law jokes that are out there um, my mom and my husband have a terrific relationship and we, in fact, spend time, the four of us, we've um, taken them down to Cabo, and this September we're taking them, and some other friends are going on a barge trip in the canals of France, and so just spending time you know, with them, whether it's uh, here in Chicago at Ravinia, which is an open-air theater, you know, listening to music and picnicking or, or traveling is a great joy. Um, My brother lives in Northern California, so I don't get to see him as much, but we're very close. And in fact, every year um, we go away, just the two of us, usually on a ski trip. Hmm. And of course, my dad lives in L.A., and so I see him uh, regularly. Uh, But Billy and I, you know, do a lot of different things together from political activities. We're um, going to the Democratic Convention and we hope to go to the inauguration um, this January if we indeed will be inaugurating Barack Obama. Um, We both play tennis. We both like biking. We went on a 20-mile bike ride this last week and biked to a friend's restaurant and ate in the garden and biked home. Um, We like having dinner parties with interesting people, and I cook. We're go, we, like, we have a group of friends We go out once a month to a movie and then go out to dinner and talk about it. Um, one of the great things about Chicago is there's quite a variety of things to do, and yet it's kind of a small town at heart, so it's a very high-quality big city, and that provides
3: a lot of variety of things to do. Oh, I, I cannot tell you um What an inspiration your commentary was just now, not only for me as a woman and an executive, but I'm sure for our listeners, because a lot of people don't realize how important it is as a leader to take the time to enjoy yourself, to reflect on your um, your needs and the needs of those around you who love you and want to care for you, because it's when you get into that energy field that you gain back what we would call your uh, emotional intelligence, which really likes to talk about a lot, and your happiness. You know, we we know that happiness is very much tied to our intentional activities, and so hearing you speak with such enthusiasm about the downtime that you protect and, and schedule with loved ones is so important, so thank you for that.
4: Well, and I, I would just echo, you know, the points that you made in terms of the work that the two of you have done, because I think Uh, not just for leaders, but for everybody, having a balanced life is critical. And, you know, my own philosophy is, yes, there are moments when uh, I need um, our people to make personal sacrifices, you know, to work late, to work on a weekend, to, you know, just give the extra because the time requires it. And, And I know that my people will be there for me because in turn, they know that you know, if there's an important little league game, or if they've got a child who's troubled and they need some more flexible hours, that I'm gonna be there for them, because, you know, selfishly, I think that the best people do the best work if they have balanced lives. And for all those type A personalities out there, I would also say that you'd be surprised how much you can learn that will actually infuse your work by being out and about in the world. I mean, I remember, A few years ago, um, we loaned a bunny costume to the costume department of uh, the Metropolitan Museum in New York, which was doing an exhibition on the influence of animal motifs on fashion through the years. And the curator had kindly, as a way of thanking us for it, said any time I wanted to come, he'd be happy to you know, give me a personal tour of the exhibition. So I took a group of our creative people on one time when I was in New York, and we went over to the exhibition. And one of the designers who was featured was the European designer, Roberto Cavalli. And at the time, we were working on plans to open a Playboy Casino Club in Las Vegas at a, a hotel there. and one of the things we wanted to do was to mirror the classic bunny costume which is in the smithsonian and is uh, patented with a a new interpretation of it ideally by uh, a designer and in looking at cavalli's work in this exhibit it struck me that he might be the perfect person to do this i went back and talked to our people about that and they loved the idea i wrote him a personal letter and told the story of seeing his work Anyway, the upshot was he did the work, and it garnered incredible international press and a great promotional sizzle for us. And had I not been out at that exhibit, um, you know, it might the idea might never
3: have occurred to me. Amazing. It's a small world, and it gets smaller all the time.
2: So we're, we're down to... Uh, uh, our last minute Chris. this has been fascinating especially hearing about just the the life balance issues and and longevity is in is in in your genes and maybe um as we come to a close here what advice would you offer to a young woman who hopes to occupy the corner office at a major corporation someday
4: well the first thing i would say is that i don't have any corner on you know wisdom or advice in that regard because i don't think there's a singular path to that, and as much as anything, I think it's important for people to be uh, following their own passions and uh, doing the kind of work that really excites them, wherever that leads. And people who make ten-year plans, you know, I think are wasting their time because the world changes much too quickly to make that, in my opinion, practical. Um, but I would say, you know, about career and life, you know, look for opportunities to learn, look for opportunities to do, whether that's a task force at your organization or a board uh, uh, that's a not-for-profit you care about. Um, I think you know, in business um, analytical skills are really critical and since there is still you know, a little bit of a gap that's, you know, kind of the, the you know, hard science math gap for women I would just encourage um, particularly women that haven 't you know finished their education to spend some time getting really comfortable with the analytics, whether they do that through economics or math or statistics or science, um, I think networking is invaluable i didn 't have a mentor, and I think it 's very difficult to you know assume that you 're going to succeed by finding a mentor, but you can succeed and grow by networking with lots of different people and I think that Uh, Having and nurturing your intellectual curiosity given how dramatic the changes are, you know, every few years in the world, whether they're technological changes or changes through globalization or uh, changes in the way we communicate, uh, is, I think, a very
3: worthwhile skill. Well, Christy, we know you've been named one of the 100 most powerful women in the world by Forbes magazine for three years in a row. We're delighted to have
2: you on the show.
4: It was my pleasure.
2: Thank you, Christy. And we're signing off now for Leadership Development News. Thank you.